Hello, hello, and welcome to Not So Secular, the place where we talk about how the world we live in is not as secular as we often think. We just choose to see it that way. My name is Mon Reyes, I'm a youth missionary here in the Philippines, and I will be your host here today. This week, I will be out, so the day after I record this, I will be in Tagaytay for the planning, the planning of our youth missions, the core team of our youth missions for our community We will be meeting for a couple of days to plan for the year ahead, 2022. And please pray for us. By the time that you listen to this, most likely I'll, I'll be home. Well, for sure I'll be home because this will be published the day after I get back. So please pray for us, for the planning in itself, but also for the execution. Please pray for the coming year ahead as we try to discern where God is leading us or the things that He would like us to focus on. And that as we go about doing it and as we go about um, doing this ministry, please pray that we be aligned with where the Lord wants to bring us, with whom the Lord wants to bring us. And so for this week, for this episode, I will be playing for you a talk that I gave a couple of weeks back at our youth ministry. The talk is titled, There Could Be More to You Than You. And the idea that I'm exploring here is the idea of our world right now, of our culture right now, being obsessed with telling us that we are enough as we are, that we're okay as it is. And I want to challenge that a little bit and explore how not being enough isn't always a bad thing. In fact, that could open doors and opportunities for us to learn more about the Lord and learn more about ourselves. And about how our call or the call that was given to us from God is not just to be nicer versions of ourselves by believing in what we already have or think we already have. It's about being called to transformation. It's about being called to new life. And that is what repentance is all about. Repentance is the main theme or the main topic that we'll be exploring here. Don't forget to follow or subscribe in whatever platform you're using to this podcast so that we could stay in touch. We also have a Facebook group for those who are interested in joining the discussions and in learning more about the people, the other people who listen to this podcast. I have to say also that this talk was given in Taglish, so parts of it are in English, most parts of it are in English, but there are certain lines and sentences here and there, jokes here and there that are spoken in Filipino, so if you are an English speaker, you might not get those parts, but you will surely hear it, but still, the, the, the talk stands, so I, I think you could, still, you could still get something out of this regardless. And so with all that said, without further ado... Let's get started. For the next few minutes, we'll be reading from the Word. We'll be reading from the Bible. Um, we'll be discussing a little about this and that. And if you've seen already in the poster, okay, if you've seen the poster on Instagram, on Facebook, or kung saan man siya, Shiner, right? You, you probably already know the title of our message for today. And the title of our message for today is, There Could Be More to You Than You. There Could Be More to You Than You. Now, here's the thing. As one of your kuyas here at Youth Home Task, I think one of my roles here is to help guide you, to not give you exactly what to do because I don't have all of the answers. <laughs> I think 
part of my role here is to help guide you to the one who has the answers, right? And part of that, okay, part of that guidance, part of me being here for you is sometimes being um, being a source of encouragement, okay, being a source of comfort, being a source of um, um, well, you know, guidance if if that's what you need. But I think also every now and then what I need to do here as your kuya is to also give you a bit of a challenge, is to also challenge um, some of the ways that we think and some of the ways that we, we some of the things that we fall into. And so <laughs> I consider this message as something along the lines of that. Okay, something along the lines of that. There could be more to you. Now that's something that I don't think nowadays based on what I've observed and maybe what you've observed also, that is not a popular thing to say. It's not the kind of thing that would get a lot of haters, but oftentimes what we hear from people on social media and in, in all of these platforms that we're in right now, kasi online world na tayo, lahat tayo, nandito sa iba't ibang platforms, oftentimes kasi ang maririnig natin sa mundo is, uh, is the idea that you are enough. Have you ever heard that? Right? The idea that you are enough. You just have to believe in the truth that you are enough, whether you see it or not, or whether you recognize it or not. Right? You have this idea also that you can do it. Let me know, whatever you're going through, you can do it. Um, you have what it takes. May mga iba't ibang variations yan eh. May mga iba't ibang versions yan eh. You have what it takes. Aja, fight, di ba? May mga ganyan tayo. And this is how the world speaks because, because part of what the world tries to do right now is The world is desperately trying to encourage a discouraged people. Because I don't know about you, because, but there are so many people that I've talked recently. And not just, not, not just as in recently, I mean the past months, the past year, who have been going through a lot of discouragement, who have been going through a lot of hurt even, who have been going through a lot of struggle. And I think sometimes the world is... Just confused because the world doesn't know how to address these things, and it, it tries to ping pong from one side to the other. Kung hindi ka super positivity, ano yung nasa kabilang side? Oh, shaming yan. If it's not all good, then it's all bad. If it's not, if it's not this truth, okay, then you are someone who's who is prejudiced, and you are someone who has these kinds of biases, and then, yeah, you are someone who is a product of <laughs> social strings that are attached to us, ganyan, this is how we're trained to think, and, and I think the world is confused because it's not always like that. It's not always a battle between positivity or shaming. There is a middle ground and an important middle ground. Don't get me wrong, okay? I'm, I'm not saying that these are bad things. I'm not saying that it's bad to tell someone that they are enough, that he or she is enough. I'm not saying that it's bad to tell someone that you can do it, kaya mo yan, if it's true, if you really know that that person can do it. Because there are situations na meron tayong, like for example, you have a friend who has super low confidence in himself, even though you can see something in him na maybe hindi niya nakikita sa sarili niya. And so, there are places, there are circumstances, there are times when telling someone that you can do it, when that person really can do it, is helpful. And I think we need to remind each other of that when the situation calls for it. These are not bad things. 
However, however, um, allow me to offer at least an alternative perspective. And I want to phrase it. I want to phrase it in the form of a question. Whoever said that not being enough is a bad thing in the first place? Why do we struggle? Why do we try to convince ourselves each and every time that we feel inadequate, that we feel insufficient, that we feel like we're not making it, we're not doing it as well as other people are doing it, or at least as well as other people seem to be doing it? Why do we try to convince ourselves that, hey, this is bad? <laughs> This is bad. Sino ba nagsabing kailangan mo kayaan lahat ng lagi ng pinagdadaanan mo? Kasi ang buhay, hindi naman yan right minus wrong eh. <laughs> o minsan-minsan, pwede ka rin magkamali. Pag right minus wrong, di ba anong ginagawa natin? Kapag katakot tayong magkamali sa right minus wrong, di na lang natin sasagutan para hindi ma-minus dun sa score natin. And I think that's what happens in life sometimes, you know? Because we're afraid to make a mistake. Because we're afraid to not be enough. Because we're afraid to not be sufficient. Because we think it's wrong or because we think it's bad. We just not try. And then what happens? And then the blame shifting happens. Because when we think we're enough, and yet we're not doing the things that we're supposed to do, then maybe it's not my fault, then maybe it's somebody else's fault, and maybe it's the people around me, they're the ones at fault, or maybe it's the system, the system is rigged, and so we need to fix the system. And yes, sometimes the system needs to be fixed, and there are a lot of faults in the system, but it doesn't matter how much the system is, is fixed if our hearts are not. Nothing will change. It could be bad, though, sometimes, if we're, if we're not making it, if we're not doing as well as, as we should, diba? There are situations when it's bad. I'm not saying that it's all good either, okay? Um, I, I want to I wanna offer at least a, a balanced perspective here, okay? Because it's true that it's not always bad, but I'm not saying that it is always bad, okay? It depends upon the situation. It could be bad. Not being enough could be bad when the situation directly calls for it. When you are supposed to be doing something that you refuse to do, that's a different conversation. It could be bad, but not always. And at least two instances of when it could be good, okay? At least two instances of when it could be good, of when not being enough could be good. Um, I want to share it with you, at least as points of reflection. One instance where not being enough could be good is when you realize, is when you see that there is room for you to grow. Oh, you're not enough right now. But you don't have to stay not being enough. And that there's more to you that maybe you can't see right now or that maybe you aren't being right now because in your current state, there are just some things that you haven't gone through and there are just some things that you haven't learned yet. And that's okay. That's fine. That's a part of growing. And in fact, these pain points that we receive when we get hurt, when we realize that we're not enough, these could be the very things that will, that will challenge us, that will encourage us to want to grow further. And so that's not necessarily a bad thing. I hope personally, when I look back into my life, Every time I, I not every time, that's that's exaggerated naman. But a lot of times na, na a lot of times na I I 
run into something that I don't know how to do, but I think I should know how to do. I do my best to learn it and I do my best to grow. Now, granted, that doesn't always work out because there are times also when I end up not learning the things that I think I need to learn and I end up frustrating myself further. At then dumanating yung point na kailangan ko humingi ng tulong. Which brings us to the second thing. Okay, the first thing that, that not being enough indicates is that there is room for you to grow. The second thing that not being enough indicates is that maybe you're not meant to carry that load alone. Maybe there's a reason why God has surrounded you with other people who might not have the same strengths that you do, which sometimes is frustrating kasi bakit hindi niya nakikita ito? Hindi ba sobrang basic na nito? Hindi ba obvious? Hindi ba ito general knowledge? Ba't hindi niya nagigets? But then again, there are some things that other people understand and can do better than you. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It says in, in scripture, the, the church, the people of God, we are the body of Christ, different parts. The, the hand can tell the eye, I don't need you. The eye can tell the feet, I don't need you. Because these are different parts serving a communal purpose. The problem is, if we were all eyes, then we're not going to be able to walk. If we were all hands, then we're not going to be able to see. Having the same strengths is not always a good thing. It can be a very bad thing because... Having the same strengths, oftentimes, the, the counter effect of that is you also have the same weakness. And so, pag may dumating, sabay-sabay kayo tutumba. <laughs> it's not bad. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. So again, two, in, two things that, that not being enough can indicate. Okay, can. This is not absolute. It can indicate that there is room for you to grow and it can indicate that you are not meant to carry that load alone. Not alone. There could be more to you than you. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to uh, read to you from the Gospel of Mark. So for today, we're going to read uh, a bit of a long passage. Okay, don't worry. We're, we're not going to, you know, we're not going <laughs> to elaborate on each and every verse of the passage that I'll be reading to you. Actually, we're only going to focus on the last part, but I figured while I was going through this in preparation for today, I figured that there's merit in hearing the entire thing, um, in getting to read the entire thing together, and in allowing these words that maybe some of us are already familiar with to speak life into us again. So let's have our, art, our hearts open as we, as we listen to God's Word. In Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 15. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 15. Ready? Right. Let's read. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs 
of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And the voice came from the heavens, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. At once, the spirit drove him out into the desert and he remained in the desert for 40 days tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. In literature, and in the study of narratives, um, there is a thing called, you, may, you might have already learned about this if you studied creative writing, um, something called the hero's journey. So, is familiar with the hero's journey? Right, right. This was uh, made popular by Joseph Campbell. And the idea of the hero's journey is that there is sort of a template or there is sort of a pattern for stories that depict a hero, basically. Um, these adventure stories. And you also notice that this is very, very widely used, as in even our, our modern movies, make use of this, of this template, of this, kumbaga, how would you call it? It's like a... It's like a it's like a meta plot, something like that, or a meta story. Okay, because all of these other stories, it, it kind of fits into, into this idea, this concept of the hero's journey. And so the, the basic idea of the hero's journey is that there are different stages um, of which the hero must go through. And oftentimes, when we go through those stages with the hero, when we're reading them in the form of a fiction story, a novel, or a short story, or when we're watching them in film or in a series, um, we, these, are, these, are, these are the things that we find compelling. These are the things that, <clears throat> that most people base their stories upon, whether consciously or subconsciously. This is how people tell stories. <clears throat> And the basic idea is okay, there is the known world and the unknown world. And within the known world and the unknown world, there are different levels, so to speak. So there is this call to adventure. So, so okay, you'll, you'll see this in different stories. Like, for example, Star Wars, okay, episode four. Um, I hope you've watched Star Wars episode four. <laughs> episode four is Luke Skywalker, okay, is called. Okay, um, he is introduced to us in his hometown in a stable landscape okay the same goes for lord of the rings diba? the si frodo and the hobbits they are introduced to us first in their stable environment where things are fine the shire yes um where we are given a glimpse of what the world is like the same goes for hunger games diba? katniss is introduced to us in the very beginning how things are are, are shown to us are revealed to us this is just how things go and then something happens, okay? Something happens that, that draws them into something, 
okay, that draws them forth. And oftentimes, this is what we call the call to adventure. Okay, call to adventure. What is that call? This is something that disrupts what is ordinary. This is something that disrupts the status quo. So for Luke, what happens is he meets Obi-Wan for the first time. And then he goes home and then his family is not there anymore. They're gone. And so there is this call to adventure for him to go with Obi-Wan to do the stuff that they need to do together without, at least at that time, they didn't understand yet. He didn't understand yet what was awaiting him. The same flow goes with um, with Katniss in the Hunger Games because in the story of, of Katniss, um, they were just waiting for the usual stuff. Right? A name will be drawn uh, from someone in their district who will go to the Hunger Games. And then when they go to the Hunger Games, you know, it's just how things are. But Katniss's call to adventure was when her sister's name gets drawn. It wasn't even her. But then that because of that thing that happened, she voluntarily presents herself as someone who would enter on behalf of her sister. These are you that, that call to adventure is what brings our hero, whoever we're following in the story, from the known world to the unknown world, which um pang elements, yeah, like the introduction of a of a mentor. Right? You have the Gandalf figure, the what's his name? Dumbledore, Dumbledore figure, the Hamish, the Hamish sa, sa Hunger Games, and um, so you have these different these different um, mentor figures, and oftentimes within the story, the mentor figure dies. Not always, but oftentimes, and that happens with Dumbledore. Spoiler alert! <laughs> and uh, Gandalf kind of dies, but not really. So, but yeah, he kind of dies. So. I guess that counts. That counts. <laughs> and so, and so this, this leads our hero into further exploration. And upon, upon reaching the height of the struggle, about the ordeal, the main, the main fight after having grown through the, the experiences that he has had, he faces the enemy. She does battle, whatever battle that is. Okay. And then by the end of it, um, receiving triumph, comes home back to the known world back to the stable state. But this time, even though many other things could be the same, we know that the hero is no longer the same. Something has changed within me. Something is not the same. I'm tired of playing. <laughs> and so, you're a cool kid. <laughs> okay, and so, what was I saying? Okay, transformative. There's something transformative that happens with the hero. Okay, that was completely unplanned. <laughs> something transformative happens with the hero. And so that, such that when the hero comes back into the same field or in the same environment, the hero has changed because of that ordeal, because of that call to adventure, because of that journey that transformation happens. Now, this is true of when we tell stories, but I think this is also true in a bigger way, in a grander way, but also in a, in a, in a smaller, in smaller ways in our lives. That there will come situations when we will be called into an adventure. And maybe at first we would be hesitant to go on that adventure, kind of like Luke was hesitant and kind of like Katniss. Of course, Katniss didn't want to join the Hunger Games, but then she had to. 
And oftentimes, yung transformation that happens with the hero and transformation that happens in our lives, it's shaped by the same thing. It's shaped by the ordeal. It's shaped by the battle. It's shaped by coming face to face with the enemy, with the villain, the opponent. At kung makikita nyo, um, oftentimes also, the, the villain reflects something about the hero. Oftentimes, what makes a good villain is that the villain also brings out the best in the hero, in a sense. Okay, in a bad way, yes, but in a sense, the villain has a way of reflecting the hero and challenging the hero. You can see this in a story like um, Batman and Joker. They are complete opposites, or at least the personas are opposites. And yet, sobrang ganda ng depiction ito sa The Dark Knight eh, when... Um, Joker tells Batman, uh, I don't want to kill you. <laughs> That's how you see it. Um, same thing goes sa mga Marvel movies. Sa Marvel movies, sobrang obvious eh, Kasi laging yung first kalaban is a different version of the hero. Right? First kalaban ni Iron Man is a different version of Iron Man. Yung first kalaban ni Ant-Man is a different version of Ant-Man. And first kalaban ni Doctor Strange is a different kal- version of Doctor Strange. Except for Dormammu is a different entity. But something like that, di ba? And these are these are things that we see. And so I want to ask you that those transformative encounters, transformative ordeals, transformative even struggles that we see in the journey, in the hero's journey, that maybe some things that we see also in our lives, in what ways does that manifest itself? In what ways does that reveal itself in us? What would you say were the defining moments in your life? Nah, maybe it wasn't pleasant, maybe it wasn't so good, but if you haven't if you hadn't gone through that thing, you wouldn't be who you are now. You wouldn't have the values that you have now. You wouldn't have the convictions that you have now. Or maybe you wouldn't have the sorrow that you have now. Or maybe you wouldn't have the loneliness that you have now. What are those ordeals as we say? bring us toward transformation, that bring us toward growth. And the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this with you is because in the last part of the passage that we read earlier, Jesus talks about repentance. He says, this is the time of the fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repentance um, in its ancient roots, in Jewish and Greek roots, because yun yung background ni Jesus. Um, it means a 180 turn. So that's, that's one of the stuff that it, that one of the meanings of the word repent, right? If you're going one way, turn back, switch. Okay. Um, one, of the, one of the other meanings of, of the word repent is to have a change of mind or to have a change of heart. And what I want to focus more on the Greek word that is used in this passage that Mark uses. And Matthew also uses this Greek word, which is very interesting. And so if you were to, in the original language of, of these two gospels of Matthew and Mark, it was written in ancient Greek. And the word that was used for repent, that Jesus uses for repent is metanoete. Metanoete. Yeah. Alalahanin niya kasi may recitation tayo mamaya. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sabi mo, kuya mo, hindi naman to online class. <laughs> so, metanoete. And does that word re- remind you of another word? Metanoete? Right, yan, yan. It's a derivative of metanoia. Okay, metanoia. Now, what what does metanoia mean? Yan yung mga magandang ano eh. Yan yung mga ginagamit ng mga cool kids dati sa mga Tumblr nila eh. <laughs> and, metanoia. And then may black background and mga tribal stuff. Anyway. Um, meta. Okay, let, let's let's go to the original word. Meta means beyond. Okay, meta. So, very relevant. Diba? Kasi yung Facebook ngayon, meta na siya. The, com- the Facebook company is now meta. And the meaning of meta is beyond. Okay, beyond. So, um, parang diba pag sinasabi natin something is meta, we it, it means that that thing has surpassed its category. Okay? It's now beyond its category. It's now explaining something that is happening, not just within that thing that we're talking about, whether that's a meme or something else. Well, when a meme is meta, it describes more than what we would normally expect in a meme. It describes almost reality or the way we even interact with the meme. That, that's how we think of the word meta. Okay? Try to think of um, metamorphosis. What happens in metamorphosis? Class, what happens in metamorphosis? <laughs> Online class talaga, you know? Um, metamorphosis is yun 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 sa, ba- sa butterfly, di ba? At the end of the life of the butterfly or of the caterpillar, okay? The caterpillar takes the, the shape of a cocoon and then the caterpillar changes into something else. The caterpillar transforms into something else at the end of the life of the caterpillar beyond being caterpillar it then becomes a butterfly metamorphosis meta beyond or end that's what meta means that which transcends okay noia noia what is noia or nous in greek greek um nous or noia often it's a word that's often used to refer to the mind to the mind. So, metanoia, paranoia. Okay? Paranoia is about the mind. When you are paranoid, diba? When you, para means to the side, kaya parallel, to the side. Okay? So, parallel is yung two sides ng line. Okay? Or yung two lines of different sides. Paranoid or paranoia is when you are beside your mind because you can't think straight. Okay? Are you with me? Right. Noia, nous. It's about the mind. And in Greek thinking, the mind is also associated with the self because back then they thought that, you know, the mind and the self, it's basically the same. Consciousness is, is part of who you are. And so in, in, in Hebrew thought, the mind is associated with the heart. Okay, why are we talking about these things? <laughs> because we want to understand what metanoia means beyond the mind, the end of the mind. That's why it's related to the change of heart. Because when we reach the end and we are therefore transformed, okay, we change our heart. We change our mind. It's, it's something that's associated with conversion, spiritual conversion. In a very, in one sense, okay, this is, this is one way that one of my professors before have put it. Metanoia means, to, to repent means to reach the end of yourself. Meta, the end, noia, yourself, your consciousness, who you are. 
to repent is to reach the end of your self. Now, how does that square with some of the ideas that we have of the word repent? And it's not just one time, big time metanoia, because that's not the word that is used here in the Gospels. The word that is used is metanoete, which is a derivative of metanoia. Metanoete is an ongoing, ete, it's, it's an ongoing thing. So, hindi lang siya to reach the end of yourself, it's to continually reach the end of yourself. That's what it means to repent. When was the last time you did that? <laughs> I think part of the reason why it's difficult for us to experience this today is because we live in a culture that, it's, that is too caught up with the self. We just can't see past it. Self-love, self-care, self... Ano pang mga self... self <laughs> Pampering the self. Um, all these other ways of exalting... Exalting... The self. Now, again, I want to make this clear. I'm not condemning self-love. I'm not saying that self-love is bad, okay? But I want to make it clear that self-love is different from self-centeredness. Self-love is different from self-reliance. Self-love is different from self-isolation. Self-love is different from self-exaltation. What has happened is because we have disconnected these values from the faith, because we have disconnected these values from the teachings of the church, from the word of the Lord, what happens is that we have defined these words that are meant to be good and we have twisted them to mean something else. And we, we try to bank on this wrong understanding of what these, what these values, what these principles are supposed to be all about because we think that they're good, because it has been ingrained to us that they are good, but because we misunderstand them, we apply them in the wrong way. And because we apply them in the wrong way, when we think... Even when we think we're doing the right thing, we end up unfulfilled and we end up empty. Because that's the thing. A false understanding of self-love will do you more harm than good. Because you are made for so much more than yourself. Self-love is not supposed to end with the self. It's supposed to start with the self so that it then overflows to the people around you. Because you're not just made for yourself. Oh, yes, you matter. That's true. You're important. But life is not all about you. You're called for so much more. So much more. In the paradox, <laughs> the paradox that we see here, okay, is that when we, the, the more that we learn to live our lives for others, okay, in the, in the true sense of it, huh, not in, the, not in the false sense. Because that can also be understood falsely, yung living our lives for others. And I think that's, that's yun yung point kung saan nagre-rebel yung culture natin. Eh. Yung puro ka nalang iba, puro ka nalang iba. Pero kasi kung nauubos ka sa pagbibigay mo sa iba, eh baka dahil may ina-expect kang matanggap. Baka hindi siya bigay. Kasi kung bigay yun, bitaw ka eh. Baka, ano yun, trade yun. Bigay konti, pero... Nasa na yung appreciation? Nasa na yung, nasa na yung acceptance? Nasa na yung akala ko kapag ginawa ko to para sa'yo? Sasagutin mo ako eh. Pero akala ko pag ginawa ko to para sa'yo. Akala ko friends ko kayo eh. Pero yung mga ganyan bagay, hindi bigay yun. Trade yun. 
<laughs> and again, it's not bad to trade, but you have to understand the difference. Because when you give, it's it's bigaysha, bitaw. If you buy your nephew a toy, okay, hindi mo siya aabangan. Pag matanda ka na, ako naman libre mo. Ha? Walang ganun. <laughs> Walang ganun. Kasi alam mo, binili kita ng Voltus 5 nung bata ka. Walang ganyan. Okay? Binili kita ng, <laughs> binili kita ng coins nung bata ka. It, it doesn't work that way. Because when you give, you're supposed to let go. The problem is we have lost the meaning of what it means to give. We have lost the meaning of what it means to love. We have lost the meaning of what it means to be transformed in all of these ways. And man, no wonder we're, no wonder we're burnt out. Because we expect things from people that are not able to give it back to us. The paradox that I was referring to earlier is that there is actually fulfillment in that, within that. There is fulfillment in giving, even in the giving of yourself. In Luke 17.33, Jesus says, whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses it will save it. This alliance with what the, chi- the, the, the church has been teaching us, <laughs> one of the things that we find in church teaching is, is, is this line. Okay? Man cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself. Pope John Paul says that we are not made for comfort. We are made for greatness. There is fulfillment in that. The loneliest people in the world are the ones who are most selfish. And I'm sure that's something that you've seen in your life in one form or another. The giving of yourself. This is something that we're being called to. This might even be an ordeal for us, but that's the thing. There could be more to you. (laughs) There could be more to you. Now, I want to push this further. Is that okay? I want to push this one step further. So there is fulfillment in the giving of yourself. That's part of our design. That's part of how we were made by God because we were made to image God. We were made in His likeness. In the nature of God, <laughs> in, in the nature of God, we find love. We find giving, the real sense of love and giving. Okay, there is fulfillment there. Now let me bring this one step further. How? Could you ever give of yourself if you don't even own yourself? How could you possibly give of yourself if you yourself are a slave to your own desires? If you're a slave to your own pride? If you're a slave to your own vanity? If you're a slave to your own envy? To your own fear? And that is why sometimes the church tends to teach certain things that might sound restrictive or that might sound or stuff like that, you know, stuff like fasting. Like, why do I have to fast because Holy Week? Like, what's the problem with meat? Chicken is good. Chicken is made by the Lord. Right? <laughs> and why am I not allowed to eat on Fridays? Isn't, isn't it 
a blessing. <laughs> or, okay, I'm, I'm trying to use a funny example, but in more serious cases, why does the church have a teaching about against? Why does the church have a teaching against premarital sex? What's wrong with that? Isn't sex supposed to be a good thing? It sure feels good. And the church acknowledges that. Yes, it is good. That's why you save it. <laughs> That's why you value it. Kung mahalaga talaga yan, huwag mo ipagsabu yan sa buong bayan. <laughs> And there's so much more to that, okay, that we, we, we can't get into tonight. But um, part of what the church is teaching us in all of these practices that sometimes it's difficult to understand, part of what the church is teaching us is how to own our own desires, how to own our own pride, how to own our own, <laughs> our own inclinations, our own temptations. How do you control that? How do you own yourself so that it doesn't stop there, it doesn't end with the restrictions, so that you are then more free, more free to do what? more free to give of yourself because you cannot give what you do not have and oftentimes we do not even have our own hearts there could be more to you there could be so much more to you and so don't settle for what the world tells you because just because it sounds right doesn't mean that it is there is more There is more. And as we draw to a close, as we end with prayer, um, I want to pose this question. What kind of transformation are you hoping for in your life? Or more importantly, what kind of transformation is God inviting you toward? Is God leading you to? Try to acknowledge that first. Might take some time in prayer to determine that, to recognize it. So it helps to start by approaching him with an open heart. It says in Second um, Corinthians, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed. Behold, the new things have come. When we repent, as Jesus says, when we reach the end of ourselves, It is not meant to leave us empty. It is meant to leave us open for what more God wants to fill into our lives, for what more we could be that maybe we are not yet now. That is one of the things that happens in, when we encounter the Lord. We don't just become nicer versions of our old selves. We become new. We become renewed. Ako, in my experience, yung times na yun, yung those times when I reach the end of myself, um, the end of my capabilities, the end of my um, confidence, the end of my stubbornness, <laughs> even the end of my inadequacies. Um, those are the times when I get reminded to rely on the Lord as I should. Those are the times when I get reminded to draw my confidence not in my own power, but in His trustworthiness. In what ways are you being called in this current stage of your life to repent?
This is the invitation that Jesus gives us in light of the kingdom, in light of what he has begun. And in the same way, that story of transformation, that story of change, that story of being brought to the ordeal is not just something that we see in novels and in movies. It's something that we see in Jesus himself because in what Jesus has done for us in the cross, that is the ultimate ordeal and that changed everything. When he walked out into that tomb, resurrected with new life, that changed everything. It didn't change him because he's not the one who needed changing but it sure opened doors for us who do. And so here we are. Let's approach him. Let's approach him with an open heart, knowing in light of what he has done for us, allow ourselves to be loved, allow ourselves to receive, allow ourselves to be challenged, allow ourselves to be transformed before our Lord. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody take a deep breath. Inhale. Exhale. We love you, Jesus. You have always been true to us. You've always been faithful. You've always been loving. And this new life that you want to pour into us, Lord, prepare us. Prepare us, seek deep into our hearts, identify everything, anything that needs to be set aside, that needs to be taken away, that needs to be aligned to your heart. Jesus, point us toward these things that we need to surrender, that we need to give to you. Help us, Lord. Help us to become the kind of friends the kind of lovers, the kind of givers, the kind of family members that you're calling us to be, the kind of students that you're calling us to be, the kind of creatives that you're calling us to be, the kind of servants that you're calling us to be. Help us to reflect you. Help us to love you. We know, Lord, that you're calling us for so much more. And during those times when we realize how inadequate we are, how how much we're not enough, may we be reminded that you are. And so, Jesus, we approach you. We receive your love. We receive your direction. We receive your spirit. Do the transforming work in our hearts. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's respond to him.